Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thankful this evening to be in your presence. We ask, O oh Lord, that you speak to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you take control of the service. I avail myself as a vessel. Lord, use me and speak to us. Let us live here, Lord, with an impartation in our lives. Transform us, O oh Jesus. Let us live here with another step closer in our walk with you. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Wonderful. Well, for a brief moment, we want to share or continue with a message that we began some few weeks ago or the beginning of the month with our uh, month of evangelism. We were sharing from the, with a, with a, in, a, in light of our feeding 527, we've been sharing from many are called. And in that, we are sharing a lot of things about soul winning. So this series, we've been sharing about the mandate of every believer. The mandate of every believer. And um, we have shared for some few weeks, beginning of the month, and we want to continue sharing from this message. Why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 18. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Hallelujah. If you are there, say amen. Now, this is a must-know scripture. Every Christian, every believer is supposed to know this and commit it to heart. Amen. It is your mandate. Say to your neighbor, this is your mandate. Verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Wonderful. Well, this is our mandate. This is every believer's mandate. This is not a mandate for pastors only or for church leaders only. But this is a mandate for every Christian, every believer. And this ought to be preached to every Christian in every church. Hallelujah. If you attend a church that this message is not preached to you, then something is missing. Because this is our mandate. This is our, the last words or the last commandment that our Lord and Savior gave us just before he left us. Hallelujah. Or just before he went to heaven. God expects us to follow this mandate and to do it. And he says, and teach them. He says, go therefore and teach all nations, all nations, all nations and baptize them. Now, God is saying we should teach them. He says, teach. Now, you cannot just go someplace and evangelize one time and leave. It is not teaching. Teaching is when you sit people down and teach them. Teach them all the things that Jesus taught. Teach them precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Teach them line upon line. Teach them. 
Now, if we are going to have the ability to teach all nations, then it means that God expects that all our churches be full. Isn't that so? God expects our churches to grow. And churches grow when we become soul-winning Christians. Churches grow when we become a soul-winning church. Hallelujah. When we go out witnessing, when we go out witnessing to people, speaking to them one-on-one, and adding to the church one by one, we ought to do that and continue doing that one by one, adding on to the church until the church is full. That is how we are going to get people to sit down and teach them. Hallelujah. Families increase by adding to the family one by one. One by one. One by one. That is how families increase. Isn't that so? You don't expect to increase your family by running to another family or another house and grabbing the people from that house and then add to your family and say that you have increased. Isn't that so? That only empties that house. It only empties that house and gives you a false increase. But totally, the body of Christ is not increased. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And that is what most churches do. When churches talk about increase today, when churches are talking about church growth today, we are talking about moving members from one church and bringing them to their church. But the body of Christ is not increasing. And that is why we are not teaching the whole world, all nations. We are, they are, not, we are not increasing at all. Hallelujah. And the enemy likes that. The enemy likes that. The enemy likes for the church members to rotate. To move from one church to the other. To deceive us. And give us that false pretense. That false increase. And make us feel happy. And make us rejoice. And feel, oh, we are increasing. Our numbers are increasing. Another house is being empty. Hallelujah. I hope somebody is understanding what I'm sharing with you. We are being deceived by circulating Christians, circulating church members. There is no real increase. There is no real increase in the body of Christ. Amen. That is why you also, you must not allow yourself to fall prey to this enemy's scheme. The scheme of you becoming a circulating Christian. You becoming a circulating Christian, giving false pretense to churches that they are increasing. And they are not increasing. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is why you ought to make a determination and decide, I am here and I am stable here. I will not allow the enemy to move me, move me to another place and give them that false pretense. That the churches will feel that we need to increase. We need to go out there and find the souls and bring them. Not to go to other people's houses and add to our church. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why whenever I meet new people, I ask them first, do you have a church that you are committed to? Do you have a church that you are actively involved in? Because sometimes people say they go to church, but they are not committed. And the commandment, the mandate is to teach people, to teach them. So when I find a person that says, oh, I go to this church, I go to that church, but, um, you know, I have not been, and you realize that the person is not being taught. The person is not allowing the scripture to be fulfilled. The person is not allowing this mandate in some pastor's uh, um, church to be fulfilled. And so when I find a person like that, then I try to establish that person so that we will have the ability to teach that person. But I don't come with crafty devices to lure you, cunning craftiness to lure you. Oh, leave your church and come here because you know how to play the keyboard. You, you have skill like Bezalel. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We must grow, but not grow in that way. Rather, we ought to go out and evangelize and invite people. Hallelujah. People who do not know Christ. People who do not have relationship with Christ. Those are the people that we ought to go out and invite. It is our mandate. Amen. We ought to go out and invite people. Invite them and bring them. And command them. He says, go and bring them. Bring them from everywhere. From the highways and the byways. Bring them. Amen. That is how we ought to grow. We cannot go and empty other people's churches. That is not how God expects us to grow. And we should not allow the enemy to deceive us in that. Hallelujah. We ought to go... And the other group that we ought to go after are people who have backslidden. Amen. Amen. Though they were committed to some church, but they are backslidden. And sometimes people backslide because they, adopt, they don't allow themselves to be taught. Amen. Amen. Look, there are many people out there who need Christ. There are so many people who need salvation. The only thing, the, only, the reason why you don't see it is because you don't invite them. That is a reason. You don't go and find them. You don't search for them. You don't seek them. God is ready to save them. And God has prepared so many people to receive salvation. Except that you don't go and search for them. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Can I have an amen? Amen. Wonderful. Well, now we are saying that God, our maker, gave us a mandate. God gave us a mandate. Something that every Christian is supposed to do. God gave us a mandate that we all, not just pastors and shepherds and church leaders, but every Christian ought to fulfill this mandate. Amen. Amen. Now you realize that uh, everything that finds himself or itself doing what it is created for finds fulfillment. Amen. Amen. Everything finds fulfillment when it does the thing that it was created for. You will find fulfillment when you do what you were created for. If you do not do what you were created for, you experience a lot of frustration. And disappointment, confusion, hallelujah. You become very unhappy. When a husband and a wife do not play, when a husband does not play the role that a husband was created for, and the wife does not play the role that he or she was created for, there comes a lot of frustration in the marriage. There comes a lot of frustration in the relationship. Hallelujah. And that is one of the main reasons why there's so much frustration in marriages. Because what the husband was created for, as laid down by the creator, he's not fulfilling it. The one who created the husband, or the one who made marriage, created the husband and the wife. And give a role for the husband. He says, husband, love your wife. Now, as long as the husband is not loving the wife, there is always frustration. Not only frustration on the part of the woman, but the frustration is on the man also. Because you are not fulfilling what you were created for. Hallelujah. You are not fulfilling. That is why you are frustrated. You, cannot, you, you, you are not satisfied by one woman. You know, you, you, you find yourself searching. You need another woman. You need it. And then you find so much frustration. You have to hide your phone numbers. You have to fi- hide your, your telephone. You have to hide, fi- create all complex email password and all sort of complex your phone, even your phone, for us to open the screen of your phone you have devised some complex, so complex, you yourself, you have forgotten how to open your phone. 
pregnant, you are frustrated with your phone. Your own phone, you are so frustrated, you can't open it. Because of some complex password that you have put on your phone and it's giving you frustration. And that stems from you not playing the role of a husband as God made you. Amen. We should not go there. Let me just continue my message and be free. And the wife too. <laughs> Let me continue with my message. Amen. Anything that does not play the role that it was created for, you'll find a lot of frustration. A lot of frustration. The Bible says, wives, submit unto your own husbands. Very simple. Very simple. This is what you were created to be. If you have taken that role of a wife as God created it, he says, this is your role. This is how you have to play in this relationship. And it's not the same as any other relationship. But you have become another head. Very complex. And you are frustrated every day in your relationship. Because you are supposed to be submissive, but you are becoming a head. Look, listen, listen. You are not wiser than God. I tell you, you are not wiser than God. Because, you see, it is your, your, your foolishness and your stupidity that teaches you and say, women of the 21st century, you know, who told you that the scriptures were made in the 21st century? It is the ancient word of God. It is true yesterday. It is true today, and it is true in the 21st century also. And you are not happy in the relationship because you are not playing that role. You have become a big head, another big head. And you are frustrated. Every day you are frustrated because there are two heads in the house, and you are frustrated. You are not happy. Amen, ladies. They are quiet. They don't want me to. Let me just continue my message. Amen. You see, most of you, most of you, most of you went to universities. Most of you went to higher educations and acquired certain skills. You, have, you are trained to be a professional in certain areas, special professional, do you see? But for one reason or the other, sometimes situation and circumstances are such that you have to do something that you are not trained in. You know, you, you are a university graduate, but you cannot work in the profession in which you were trained. You see, and so you are not performing what you, were, what you have learned, what you, are, what you are. And it brings a lot of frustration. It brings a lot of frustration. Because you are not playing the role that you know how or what you were created for. You know, the place where I work, there are at least two residents that I have met, two surgical residents, and um, if I tell the special, the specialty, you know, they may hear in the message, so. <laughs> but, you know, these two people, I've, I sense in me that, you know, I mean, they are foreign trained medical graduates, and I sense in me that maybe they were attending physicians, they were specialists in the countries where they came from, do you see, and they have come here now, and they have to go through the residency again. They have to go through the residency. They have done that. They have gone through the residency. They have finished the residency program, have done fellowship, and they are specialists, and they have practiced, and have acquired skills and experience. And now they have moved to another country, and now they have to go through this process again. And I can see the frustration, the anger that is in them. Even in their relationship with people, you can see that they are frustrated. 
And sometimes I see they are giving instructions. They, maybe they are junior interns, junior residents. They call them interns. And they are giving instructions and they are talking. And it sounds like an attendant talking. And it's not supposed to talk like that. And people face them and they embarrass them. And then I see the frustration that is in them. Anytime you are not performing, you are not playing the role that you are or what you were created for, it brings a lot of frustration. Hallelujah. You are a wild computer scientist and you are cleaning, you are cleaning the place. You are the cleaner in the place. Wild, because of one reason or the other. One reason or the other. And you are cleaning and you are very frustrated. You know, and you, you are so frustrated. And sometimes this frustration, it transcends into every area of your life. At home, in the church, everywhere where you are. Because you are not doing what, you know your skill, you know what you are capable. And because of one reason or the other, you are not able to, and it brings a lot of frustration. You are cleaning the boardroom. You know, they say, oh, they have eating and come and take the trash and then they are sitting there, many of them they are sitting there and as you are cleaning picking up the trash, you see them struggling with some computer program and then they are arguing on top, no we have to do it. no we have to do it. and you know what to do you, but you are a cleaner and you are just, oh and then man wow. you, know, just, you know, they just need to click two buttons and they will open that program and you are so frustrated Hallelujah. Amen. And you are so frustrated. You can't even, you can't even live. Amen. I know another doctor who is uh, he's a doctor from his country, but for one reason or the other, he's working in this country as a radiology technician. You know, he takes x-rays. Some people, they are doctors, but they, they, all they can do here is draw people's blood. They are what they call phlebotomists. They draw people, they take EKG. And as they are taking your EKG, they see the abnormalities on your EKG. They see what is happening. And then when they finish, they give it to the resident who has just finished medical school. And this is his first day as a real doctor. And then he hands it over and struggling. Um, I think we need to give you nitroglycerin. And then you, the radiologist, the, the EKG technician, say, what? No, 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 no. And you are so frustrated. You are so frustrated. Hallelujah. Amen. And we find so many of such people, a real Kolebu trained nurse. You know, you are not easy where you come from. Kolebu trained nurse. And then some, some old woman is the one you are cleaning the old woman, but sometimes you look at the old woman's buttocks and the way her children treat you and the way they speak to you, sometimes you want to just smack her buttocks. It's not easy. The way their children talk to you. You know, and these children, they are nobodies. And the way they talk to you and they say, hey, when you do this, pick up, come, come, come here, come and clean. Uh, and they, they wait, they're brightening you. Go to the grocery store, come and go and buy this. Take the. Uh, uh. Oh. They don't know. <laughs> and you are so frustrated. You are so frustrated. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? Can I have a witness in the house? Oh. Oh. I have been there before. Oh. Oh. Finish. You finish with high class. You finish upper class. You, you were on top of your class. And the way the people are treating you here, you look at them and say, my Lord and my God. (laughs) It's not an easy thing. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And the same thing, even when you buy a device, when you buy a device and you are not using the device to do what it's meant for, the device breaks quickly. The device breaks so soon if you are not using it for what it is meant for. Hallelujah. It breaks. Amen. Now, I believe this is what happens to most Christians. This is what happens to most Christians. When Christians are not playing the role that they were created for, when Christians are not performing the role that they were created for, the role that God created them for, when we are not fulfilling this role, we break down quickly. We are frustrated in our work with Christ. We backslide so quickly. We don't find interest in what we are doing because we are not playing the role in which the maker made you. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if you have tried drinking soup with a fork before. You know? Or sometimes I buy sometimes I buy yogurt and I can't find a spoon and I have to use a fork to eat my yogurt. You know? And then I, I try and I try and then I get to the bathroom. And then you realize that the thing is not working. You know, you lift the thing up like that. And then you use the fork, your all manner of things, trying to scrape the and the thing is not working. It's not coming. And then it pains you that you are leaving some in the thing. Just because the right device is not available. You don't have the right device. And this yogurt, I like it, you know, especially the Greek yogurt, you know. And then and then the way they have made the shape also. You know, the fork cannot go around properly. You know, it has a little bulge. And you see, it is designed for a nice spoon to scoop it nicely. You know? And then I use the fork. Sometimes even I turn the fork and I use the other side. <laughs> oh, can I have a witness? Oh. Sometimes I turn the fork, you know, and I'm using the stick. To whack the thing. To whack the thing. I'm whacking the thing. And it's not working. And you get frustrated. You get frustrated and angry that you are leaving this piece in, in, under the thing. You are going to throw it out. You, know? you are doing this. The thing is not coming. All you need is a right device which was created or made for that particular purpose. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But sometimes somebody gives you like a nice plate of rice and then you can't find a nice fork to eat with it. You know, and at that moment they say all the forks are finished. The only thing that is left are knives. Oh, The only thing that is left is a knife. And then you see there are people there. So then you are trying to work with a knife, you know? And then, ah. You even try and go fast a little bit to see you can get a little more. But the knife is not working. The knife is not working, you see? And as much as you try, you see, it's not working. And then you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you keep... And then you look here and you look there, and then you see that nobody is coming. You throw the knife away, and then you use your hand, and then you make some balls and quickly scooping the thing in your mouth and... Ah! What is this device that is not working? Let me finish this thing quickly. I need to get the rice in my mouth and this knife is in my way. It's not doing what it was meant for. It's not doing what I wanted to do. And that is what God does with us. That is what God does with us. That is what God does with us. When we are not playing the role, when we, are, when we are not playing the role, it says Christians, people that I died for. It says that I purchased you with the precious blood of my son. 
and he, he has created you. He said that in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. He said, you, you see, that is the purpose. That is the reason. That is the reason. He created you. He created you. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. You were created unto good works. You were created unto good works. No wonder, you see, when the fork is not working, when the knife is not, you throw it out. That is why God is quickly throwing us out and moving on to who is ready. What can I use? Anything that is available. When the knife is not working, you throw it out and anything that is available that can work, even if it is a dirty hand, you will use it and scoop the rice and put it in your mouth. He throws it out. And that is why many Christians are frustrated. Because they are not performing the role in which they were created for. We are spending more of our time. Why are you not in church? Eh, my schedule work. You know, too much the, the, my, the schedule reverend. My, God will throw you out quickly, quickly. And find something, anything that is available. Anything that is available. And he will use it. He will use it. Amen. Amen. He will use it. Anything that is available. God created you unto good works. I say God created you unto good works. Hallelujah. God created you for good works. Good works of winning souls. There is no other reason. I find no other reason why God will pick you from this wicked and adulterous world. Pick you up. And wash you with the blood of his son. Wash you and not take you up to heaven right away, but leaves you in the same wicked well. He expects that you do some good works. And he knows that it is safe to leave you here to, as long as you will do good works. If you are a soul winning church, if you are a soul winner, God has a full assurance that as you are playing your role, there is no way that you are going to backslide. And so it is good for God to pick you up, wash you, and put you back here. Otherwise, the day that you give your life to Christ, we should go to heaven right away. So that you escape all this backsliding and all these women, the way they dress these days, and the temptations, you know. And Jesus too, he's not making it easy for us. He said, even if you look, you have committed sin already, you know. All these temptations. You know, sometimes you are on the train and you have to look up throughout the ride. You are standing and you are praying and looking up. Because if you look down like this, if the moment you look down, the things that you will see, hey, as a pastor, you have to look up. As if you are reading the big boss. I will read the big boss. Ah, and I come back. And I read. Ah, I come back. And I read. Ah, hey. Because if you don't keep your eyes on the big boss, your eyes will take you somewhere. Bring you a lot of sin. Oh, I am the only man who is experiencing those problems. The church members are making me feel like I am the only, only man in the church who is experiencing these problems. Hallelujah. Amen. He shed his blood for our sins. He cleansed us and left us here for good works. Good works of soul winning. Soul winning is the very heartbeat of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Tina, soul winning is the very heartbeat of Jesus Christ. It is that which emptied out his heart the blood 
came out. It is for soul winning that we will share the word also. That we will also witness to somebody. He shed his blood for our soul. Amen. It is for that reason. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And verse 10. You know, let us, you know, I like this particular. Let us go to verse 1. Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. Luke 19 and verse 1. He says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. The Bible says he was rich. He was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. He sought to see Jesus, who he was. He sought to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. He has heard of him, but he sought to see him. He sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. Hallelujah. Look at this. This man, the Bible says, he was a rich man. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, wasn't he? But the Bible says he was a rich man. I don't know how, but he was a rich man. IRS people, are they rich? The people who collect taxes, are they rich? I mean, there are some people also in certain countries who collect taxes. I think those people are rich. When I, when I, when I, finish, uh, when I finish secondary school, I had to do a national service at an IRS office. And um, should I say it? Maybe I should not say it. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you another time. I'll tell you another. Amen. But the Bible says Zacchaeus was a rich man. He was a rich man. Amen. By which means he was rich. The Bible didn't tell us. And it says he sought to see Jesus who he was. But he was little in stature. Do you see? this man? And there was a big crowd. This man wanted to see Jesus, but there were obstacles. There were obstacles in his way. The man had a desire to see Jesus, but there were obstacles. Whenever you decide to seek God with all seriousness, whenever you make a decision and you say, you know, my Christian life is going to change. Sometimes you come to church and you hear certain messages and then you say, I'm going to make a decision to serve God properly. I tell you, anytime you make such decisions, obstacles also come. Obstacles arise. Sometimes the moment you make such decision, your job schedule changes. You say, I'm going to be really serious with God. You see, your job schedule changes. You lose your job. And you find yourself working all sorts of jobs that even does not even allow you even to come to church. Hallelujah. Sometimes the moment you make such serious decision to serve God, you see so much quarreling in the house. So much quarreling. I have made a decision now to really be serious with God and want to serve God. But such, suddenly you see so much quarreling, you can't even pray. You can't even pray. The, moment, the time that you are planning to go and pray, some quarreling, and then when you enter into your closet and you're about to pray, you feel so angry. You, are, you, are not, you feel not so right before God. Yourself, you say, this prayer, I'll do it later. As if with time, the sin goes away. Who has experienced that before? Oh, yes. Amen. Yes. Obstacles come. Sometimes you make a decision to serve God. 
and you find yourself getting so tired, lazy, you can't even rise up. Laziness, tiredness. Just as you made a decision that now I am going to this church and I want to go all the time. You see certain difficulties, certain, and certain things come your way. And it, 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 it makes you even recoil. You don't want to do anything. You don't even want to get in contact with people. Just as you made a decision, the moment this man made a decision that I want to find this Jesus, he says that there were obstacles. The crowd and his stature. He was a short man. He couldn't see beyond the crowd. And he couldn't get through the crowd. Hallelujah. And verse 3, he says, And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. He was little of stature. The moment you make a decision that I want to be serious with God, I want to be serious with church, they increase your rent. And now your, your, your one job that you are using is paying the rent, doing all things. Now you have to find another part-time job just to make up for the rent and you can't even go to church. Amen. Amen. You want to, pray, you want to fast. You know, have you realized that the day that you decide to fast are the days... Look. Look. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. But when you... You see, you can rise up and you, you will not eat. You know, you are just going and coming, you know. You are not eating. And you are fine. But if you say, I'm going to fast this Tuesday. I'm going to fast on Monday. Some hunger... That attacks you. You know, you wake up early morning. You, you are not a morning eater. But the day that you make your mind to fast, you rise up in the morning. You say, ah, this thing to wait till now. I just want to fast. And that, mo- that time, every food smells good to you. You see, you have such appetite for things. Just because you made your mind to fast. Zacchaeus wanted to see the Lord. Hallelujah. So he says that, and he ran before the crowd. He ran before and climbed up onto a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Ladies and gentlemen, you ought to rise up above the very obstacle that prevents you from finding your God. You have to rise up above the same obstacle, the very obstacle. The Bible gives us two obstacles in this man's life. He says that there was a big crowd. He says the press was so much that he could not see. So he says, let me go away from this crowd. Let me rise above. Go further. So he escaped that obstacle. And then the Bible says that he was a man of short stature. So he says, now I'm going to also overcome this obstacle. And he overcame this obstacle by climbing up on top of a tree. A rich man. Overcoming all the embarrassment. The risk of falling. But if he is going to see the Lord, if he is going to find his savior, he ought to rise up above the obstacles. Sometimes you need to rise up above the obstacles. Sometimes you need to rise up a little early on Sunday. You know that you are always late on Sunday. And that is, has been a big problem for you. Coming to church early on Sunday. Sometimes you need to rise up and say, I need to sacrifice this TV thing that I watch into the night and sleep early that I can rise up early in the morning. Some of you are not able to rise up to pray in the morning. You need to rise up. Early. The days that you want to, you say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to sleep early and pray. The moment you lie on your bed, you'll find yourself having to turn on the TV and say, let me just catch two minutes of the news. By the time you realize, it is three hours into the TV. And you can't rise up to pray. Amen. Amen. But Zacchaeus, he ran forward. 
to overcome the obstacle of crowd. And then he climbed on top of a tree to overcome the obstacle of stature. Hallelujah. To overcome the obstacle of stature. We need to rise up. Amen. Zacchaeus did not just seek the Lord. He sought him with diligence. He sought him with diligence. Overcoming obstacles. Amen. Overcoming obstacles. Rich man overcoming the obstacle of embarrassment. Climbing on top of a tree. Amen. Climbing on top of a tree. And the scripture was fulfilled in this man's life. When he overcame the obstacle. When he saw the Lord diligently. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. The Bible says. It says. For we cannot. Cannot please the Lord. Without faith. It says for without faith. For without faith. It is impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God. Must first know that what? He is. And that he is what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So no wonder in chapter 5, Jesus, is the Bible says, and when Jesus came to the place, say Jesus came to the place. I see Jesus coming to your place where you are diligently seeking him. I see Jesus coming to a place where you are diligently praying, diligently reading his word, diligently asking of him, diligently asking to know more about him. He says, and when Jesus came to the place, when Jesus came to the place where he was, you see, there was still the crowd around him. There was so many people around, but Jesus sensed in his spirit that there is someone who is causing the scripture to be fulfilled. There is someone who is seeking me with all diligence. There is someone whose eyes are on me. There is someone who is overcoming all obstacles to find me. There must be someone. And so he says, when he came to the place, he stopped and he looked up to find this one person in the midst of all the crowd, in the midst of the many people, to find that one person who is seeking him with diligence to find that one person. And then he came there. He says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, he saw that man right there. He said, Zacchaeus, make haste, make haste, quickly, make haste and come down. For today I must abide in thy house. I see the Lord abiding in your house, staying in your house, feasting at your table. I see the Lord having dinner with you. I see the Lord having breakfast with you as you rose up that early morning and seeking his face and as you sat down on that table. I see the Lord coming down. He says, today I will have breakfast with you in your table. Today I will abide in your house. I am not going anywhere. As you seek him with all diligence. As you seek him with all diligence. Hallelujah. Say, make haste and come down for today. He says, make haste and come down for me. Because today, 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 what you have done, seeking me with such diligence, overcoming all these obstacles, rising up, the difficulties, the things that make you not feel like coming to church, rising up and overcoming all of them, changing your job schedule. Say, I am changing my job schedule so that I can come to my father's house. I am doing this so that I can come in the choir. I am doing this so that I can sing. I am doing this so that I can dance. I am doing this so that I can be a part of what God is doing. He says, because of that, I will abide in your house. Because of that, I will be with you. Because I have seen that thing in you. Because I have felt that thing in you. Because you have made up such mind, I will abide in your house. Amen. Because of that decision. Hallelujah. Because of that decision. He says, make haste. Make haste and come down. 
Make haste and come down. The Bible says, it says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. If you draw nigh unto God, oh, he says that anyone that cometh to me, I shall by no means, no means cast him out. Hallelujah. So he says, make, make haste and come now. Make haste. And verse 6, he says, and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Receive him joyfully. Some of us, we don't make haste even in coming to the father's house. He's inviting us. He says, I want you to be here. I'm going to meet you here at 1130. We have no haste in coming. We make no haste at all in coming. But he says he made his. Some of us, we don't even come with that joyfulness. It's like I'm a Christian and it's not right that I stay home on Sunday. So I have to go. But Zacchaeus, he made his and he came with joyfulness. Hallelujah. And verse 7 says, and when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Now that is us. Amen. That is us. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Look, when you receive Jesus Christ the Lord in all truthfulness and with joy, when you come really in contact with Jesus, sin falls away from you. Sin falls away from you. When Jesus Christ is truly in you and you have truly received him, it becomes very hard for you to tell a lie. It becomes very hard for you to steal. It becomes very hard for you to fornicate. It becomes very hard for you to commit sin. When Jesus Christ... So you see, he just came. When the Lord called him, he just came. And he had not said anything to him. He had not asked him anything. And suddenly he says, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Why? Because he knows he acquired these goods in a not so nice way. And he says, and if I have taken any, nobody has said anything. But he says, if I have taken any, if the people are saying I have taken anything from any man by false accusation. If that's what they are saying. Lord, I am giving them back four times. Hallelujah. I'm giving them back four times. And Jesus said unto him, this day, this day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Yeah. Hallelujah. He says that this is the reason why the son of man came. To seek and to save that which was lost. To seek and to save that which was lost. This is the reason why the Son of Man came. And the moment he invites you, the moment you lift up your hand and you say, I have given my life to Christ. He says, the moment that sin comes out of you, the moment you come to him, when Zacchaeus approached, when he called him and he came, Zacchaeus confessed his sins. When you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins. The moment Zacchaeus confessed his sins, he says, this day is salvation come to your household. This day is salvation come to your house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. We must go and seek and save that which is lost. We must go and seek and save that which is lost. We cannot expect that which is lost to come to us because they are lost. They are lost. If they are here, if they come here, it means they are found. And a lot of times, that is what we do. We invite people, we bring people who are found, who are born again. But I tell you, if we are going to save the lost, we ought to go and seek and find and save that which is lost. The thing that is lost, we seek them, we find them, we search for them. 
We bring them back when we find them. We bring them back when we find them. The ones that are found, they are in the house. And we ought to seek, we ought to go out to seek and save that which is lost. For this reason was the Son of Man made manifest. Our time is up. We will end here. And then we bring our service to a close. And we continue next time we meet. Stand onto your feet. Stand to your feet. And let's bring the service to a close. It is for this reason that the Son of Man was made manifest. It is for this reason. It is for this reason. Oh, yes. We have a mandate. We have a mandate. Oh, let us fulfill the thing that we were created for. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O Lord. Oh, he said, Why is he who contests with his maker? Oh, yes. Why should the clay say to the porter, Why did you make me so? Let us fulfill the way we were made. The role that was designed for us. He said, even before the world began, even the way the fall before the world began, he ordained you. There is a purpose in your life. There is a reason and a purpose. And when you do not fulfill that role, you experience frustration. When we do not, when we do not fulfill that role, we experience a lot of frustration in our walk with the Lord. Oh, yes. Father, remove our frustrations. Oh, remove the frustration that has befallen Christians of today. Let us become the soul winners that we are. For this is what you made us for. This is what you made us for. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Let us not be weighed down by the weight of this suffering. Oh, may the things of the world not weigh us down, oh Lord. May the things of the world not weigh us down. In the name of Jesus. Oh, you say your yoke is light. Help us, Lord, to take upon ourselves the yoke of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Take off this burden. Take away this burden, oh God. The things that stand in our way, oh Lord, for fulfilling what we were made for. Father, remove such obstacles from our way. Remove such obstacles. May we rise up, O God. May we rise up and overcome the obstacles that stop us not play the role that you made us for. Oh, there is a mandate on our lives. There is a mandate. To fill the warmth of your embrace. Oh, yes. Why don't you say to him, Help me find a way Lord, oh, 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 to bring me back to you. Come on, sing. Oh, bring me close to you yes, one more time. Yes. Draw me close. Draw me close to you. Please, yes. Lord, draw me yes. close to you. And oh, never let me go.
anyone here tonight you are here this evening and you are not born again you want to give your life to Christ you want to make your salvation sure you say I want to give my life to Jesus I want to give my life to Christ I want Jesus to come into my life if that is you tonight it's a special night you are the one that Jesus is speaking to He says, my son, my daughter, I am here to save you. Come, for there is more room at the cross. If you are the one that Jesus is talking to tonight, why don't you lift up your hand, wherever you are, lift up your right hand, and I will pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else, you want to give your life to Jesus. If that is you, lift up your right hand, and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to make your salvation sure. Keep your hand up. Anyone else? Anyone else? You are here tonight. You want to give your life to Jesus. Is that you that Lord is talking to? You have made a mind and a decision. That Lord, I will save you from today. I want to save you. I want to be your servant. A chosen servant. If that is you, lift up your hand. If you have lifted up your hand, why don't you take one bold step and come forward here to me. Come forward. You have lifted up your hand. Come forward. Take a bold step and come forward. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Come forward. Anyone else you want to join? The Lord is talking to you. Don't hesitate. Zacchaeus, he made haste when the Lord called him. Make haste quickly and come. Make haste quickly and come. Make haste. Quickly and come. Is there anyone else? Why don't you all join? And my brother say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. I am a sinner. Because I was conceived in sin. Lord Jesus. I believe you are the son of God. You died for my sins. Please cleanse me with your precious blood. Wash me anew. Make me a brand new man. Lord Jesus, tonight I invite you into my life. Take control of my life. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my Lord. From today, I want to save you. I want to serve you. Satan, hear me and hear me well. I have made a choice. And there is no turning back. Jesus Christ is my master. He's my Lord. He's my savior. I have come to him tonight. And I will follow him the rest of my life. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for your son tonight. I pray, Lord, that you keep him, preserve him, protect him, build a hedge around him, Lord. Father, let there be a hedge around him that is visible to the eyes of the enemy. 
Father, you say you will give the enemy no place. Therefore, O oh Lord, give him that strength, the tenacity of a mountain goat. Do not give any place to the enemy. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Brother, God bless you. God bless you. Put your hands together for the Lord. We don't bless We want you. Open up the sky. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.